Coming up this week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss Owl Be Watching You, vulnerabilities traced back to Owl Meeting Pro devices. Next up, Microsoft Word on the Street, mitigations to a newly discovered Microsoft Office zero-day flaw. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 123, recorded on June 6th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Callie. There's always a first time for everything, Fensel. And with me is co-host Tim. Well, I'll be pwned, Helming. And last but not least, Ian, our sacking the countryside, Campbell. Ian, you brute. <laughs> so, Tim, um, you have two new co-hosts this week because Kelsey and Taylor are at RSA, um, as well as other folks like our uh, CISO, Daniel Schwalbe, who will actually be our guest next week while you take some well-deserved time off. Well, this is uh, it's really great to have you, Callie, and uh, I'm going to let the audience in on a little secret here, which is that. Callie has actually been present in our podcast recordings for, oh, many months now as a, as a silent partner, as it were. Um, and uh, it is so good to have you here hosting the show. So a very warm welcome aboard. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I'm excited to be here, especially because, um, you know, like you said, I do a lot of the background uh, on on the show, and you pick up a lot of the um, the puns that I make, like all the references. I'm like, he gets it. <laughs> well, we're we're not about anything around here if we're not about puns. So uh... I know it's fantastic. So uh, so I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, and then maybe uh, we'll do a shameless plug for um, um, our booth at RSA. Um, I know the podcast launches on Wednesday, but um, there will still be demos by the time uh, it launches. So if you want to catch us at booth um, 6376 in the North Hall, we've got some great presentations um, of our our latest tool, Iris Detect, um, and with partners like Maltigo and Torque, um, Palo Alto and Anomaly. And then, um, you know, just to sweeten the deal, there's um, 10 chances to win an Apple iPad and a very coveted PlayStation 5 is up for grabs. I know Ian has been wanting that, but he's uh, exempt from that uh, that drawing, unfortunately, Ian. I'll get my hands yeah, on I, it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I hear those things are really hard to come by. I know. Yeah. I, I want one myself. I know, Ian, you've been posting that, uh, you know, marketing's keeping this from you, but I don't even know where we're keeping it. <laughs> so. And by the way, just for folks that are that mostly know us from podcast land, uh, the booth you're looking for is Domain Tools. So uh, don't look for a Breaking Badness booth. That would be pretty awesome if we had one. But uh, you're looking for domain tools. Yeah, it, w- it would be fantastic. I do believe there will be some Breaking Badness stickers there. Um, there you go. That's what all the cool kids have on their laptops. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, so great. So with that PlayStation five, um, the drawing, well, actually for all the prizes, uh, you do need to be present. 
And the, but the drawing for the PlayStation 5, I know that's the, the big ticket item that is on Thursday of this week. So one day after we share our live podcast at 2 p.m. Pacific time, you must be present to win. I believe we're going to there's going to be live coverage of that drawing from all the major TV networks. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I think because, so. It's going to be hard to get anywhere near it. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to see who wins. I, I wish it could be me, but I, I understand. <laughs> so um, so maybe uh, without further ado, we should get we should get started on these articles. What do you think, Tim? Hey, let's hit it. Awesome. So, um, so our first article is I'll be watching you. Um, so a recent published security analysis has concluded that the meeting owl pro device poses an unacceptable risk to the networks they connect to and the personal information of those who register and administer them. So Tim, every time I see one of these, one of these types of stories, I just immediately go back to that police song about being watched. (laughs) Oh yeah, every step you take. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not a wedding song. It's about uh, <laughs> <laughs> like some people might think. It's uh, it's definitely about uh, being being watched by a stalker. Yeah, it's a little stalky, or actually entirely stalky. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still a good song though, with a great. Stuart Copeland's still a great drummer. Oh yeah, great bass line by Sting, of course. Um, but yeah, this week on music analysis with Domain Tools. But <laughs> just. I feel like every week we just kind of we want to talk about music so badly. Um, but yeah, we, we'll have to do a spinoff podcast. Uh, but I, I hadn't heard of the Meeting Owl Pro before. I haven't um, been in a situation that, that warrants using one or, or maybe I'd forgotten it. But can you just talk a little bit about what the purpose of this device is? Yeah, you bet. So put it this way. This is the way... The cool kids do Zoom meetings. Sorry, you know, WebEx and Google Meet. Everyone calls them Zoom meetings generically now. But anyway, the Meeting Owl Pro is a video conference device with a 360-degree set of cameras and microphones that uh, uh, record video and audio. And uh, now this is the spooky but cool thing about it. It automatically focuses on whoever is speaking. So... Uh, It does in the room basically what the software would normally do when it decides uh, whose Hollywood square to enlarge when that person is interrupting the speaker who would just like to be allowed to finish a cotton-picking sentence for a change. Excuse me. Got a little emotional there about meeting etiquette. But anyway, so the meeting owl has, along with those cameras and mics, it's got some smarts. It's a wise owl and can rotate its head virtually. It knows which of those cameras to turn on, just like a real owl. But... You know, real owls don't get CVEs attached to them, as far as I can tell. So, um, and the device, it's really cute. It looks just like a little owl, and it kind of sits there in the middle of your conference room, in the middle of the table, making you incredibly vulnerable, as it turns out. And I don't mean in the Brene Brown sense. I I saw the device, and I thought it, it looks like it would be more suited to be like a baby monitor with how cute it is. Um, and yeah. and then that's, that's a whole other security issue in and of itself. Um, you know, your average 3995 baby monitor is probably a lot more secure than this thing. Oh, that's interesting. I did not. And I bet this costs way more than 3995. It does. I looked into that as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so Tim, uh, with a device with, so a device like this, 
you know, comes with risks, you know, like you mentioned. So like what kinds of weaknesses are we talking about? Yeah. So in terms of what this thing leaks, you know, honestly, it'd be faster for me to tell you what it does not expose probably than what it does. But but I'll go into this anyway. And for this, I'm just going to quote from this article by Ars Technica, and you'll be able to see the link to the article in the show notes. But uh, basically, quote, the exposure of names, email addresses, IP addresses, and geographic locations of all Meeting Owl Pro users in an online database that can be accessed by anyone with knowledge of how the system works. This data can be exploited to map network topologies or socially engineer or docs employees. <gasps> Continuing, the device provides anyone with access to it uh, with the interprocess communication channel or IPC that it uses to interact with other devices on the network. This information can be exploited by malicious insiders or hackers who exploit some of the vulnerabilities found during the analysis. Bluetooth functionality designed to extend the range of devices and provide remote control by default uses no passcode, making it possible for a hacker in proximity to control the devices. And even when a passcode is optionally set, the hacker can disable it without first having to supply it. Uh, an access point mode that creates a new Wi-Fi SSID while using a separate SSID to stay connected to the organization network. So by exploiting Wi-Fi or Bluetooth functionalities, an attacker can compromise the Meeting Owl Pro device and then use it as a rogue access point that infiltrates or exfiltrates data or malware into or out of the network. And I'm not done yet. Still quoting. Images of captured whiteboard sessions, which are supposed to be available only to meeting participants, could be downloaded by anyone with an understanding of how the system works. Whew, end quote. Uh, so to give you an idea of how this played out, the researchers who discovered this stuff found the details that customers enter during the enrollment phase, as well as the most recent connections that follow. That's all stored in a database hosted on the Internet. And guess what? No password is required to access the data. Instead, all it's needed is a valid Meeting Owl serial number. And turns out it's not too hard to figure that out because if you know the, uh, uh, the format of the serial numbers well, you can do what the researchers did. They developed a script that just automatically uh, presented the database with every possible serial number in that format. And guess what? The server responded with details for each one that had been registered. So now I think it's worth hearing another quote, and this one's directly from the researchers to the world at large in their report, quote, while the operational features of this product line are interesting, we do not recommend using these products until effective measures are applied. The network and Bluetooth features cannot be turned off completely. Even a standalone usage where the meeting owl is only acting as a USB camera is not suggested. Attackers within the proximity range of Bluetooth can activate the network communication and access critical IPC channels. End quote. Whoa. Okay. Um, that's that sure is a lot of weaknesses there. Um, you you were right, Tim. Uh, Tim, would you say that as as far as security goes, meeting owl was winging it? I would definitely say this owl should be barred. I cannot believe I didn't think of that pun. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> <laughs> the, by the way, there there was a barred owl that took up residence in my neighborhood at the beginning of the pandemic lockdown when everything was so quiet. It was kind of spooky, but it was cool. 
That is so cool. I love that. I have a deer currently living in my backyard. I know it's different, but their sounds aren't as cool. <laughs> they aren't. They really aren't. And I love I love owls. They're just uh they're so majestic. Also, I'm a Harry Potter kid, so here oh, we yeah. are, of course. So here we are. But uh so you're right. That is it would have been shorter for you to say what what aren't the vulnerabilities. Um <laughs> But uh, so, so how exactly were, were all of these issues found? Yeah, these, uh, well, the hat tip goes to the, uh, the firm that I was quoting there. It's a Swiss slash German based firm called Mod Zero. They're a security consultancy and they do pen testing and code analysis and a bunch of other security type services. And so they were doing some analysis of video conferencing technologies for an unnamed client. And when they put this owl on the old examining table, they started seeing these issues. And, you know, they did the right thing in terms of responsible disclosure. They got in touch with the owl's manufacturer in mid-January of this year to report their findings. So so they did that in mid-January, but like, has anything been done since then? Like, like what has the owl labs team had to say about this? Yeah, so, well, in a statement that Included the phrase, take seriously, twice, they kind of said that, well, basically, when the Ars Technica story was published, uh, they had fixed nothing. Uh, they did say that they would have fixes in June. And, uh, in fact, they said it would be, like, starting the day after whatever day, like, it must have been June 1st or 2nd or something like that when that came out. Um, and this is what they said they'll be doing about this stuff. Uh, the RESTful API to retrieve PII data will no longer be possible. They'll implement MQTT service restrictions to secure IoT communications. Uh, they'll remove access to PII from a previous owner in the UI when transferring a device from one account to another. That wasn't even mentioned uh, earlier, by the way, um, among those other <laughs> among all the other things that it does. Oh, here's the other user's uh, account information and names and all that jazz. And Great. Okay. And they also said they will uh, be limiting access or removing access to switchboard port exposure. And they had some kind of a fix for the Wi-Fi AP tethering mode. So yeah, some of those fixes might be in place by now. I'm not certain what the status is of, as of when we're recording, which is June 6th. But um yeah, I'm not holding my breath here. Yeah, when you said fi fixes by June, I was like, why? That's this month. June of what year? I, they might have said June of 2022. I don't know. Oh, okay. But uh, to be, be specific, which seems like it would be a good idea because, <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. So so what should be the next steps for someone who's who's using these devices? Uh, do, you, do you think even with patches, it's a good idea to, to be using these types of devices? <laughs> well, not this one. Uh, the mitigations that they listed don't sound to me like they're going to cover all of the vulnerabilities in this device. So really, I think the only people who should be using the meeting owl, at least for now, are security researchers in isolated networks. You know, I suspect in time, most or maybe even all of the vulnerabilities might be patched. But I got to say, Callie, there are so many really, really basic problems with this thing uh, that in this day and age, it is pretty astonishing. And to me, I, I got to say that just sounds like the manufacturer was just aggressively insecure in the whole design of this meeting owl. So 
to me, it feels like kind of a back to the drawing board moment for them. Uh, I know that if I had one of these, I would just junk it or donate it to my favorite researcher, uh, provided I had might wiped as much of my own PII out of it as possible. And I'd just use other technologies like, I don't know, that 3995 baby monitor. <laughs> use a baby monitor for, for meetings in the workplace. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, do you... Do you know, and uh, this just occurred to me while we were uh, talking, is is this a product of, of the pandemic or uh, have people been using this for longer than that? I don't know about this specific device. And by the way, you know, I, we should have mentioned, I should have thrown this in here somewhere, but apparently this thing is kind of a favorite of governments. A lot of state governments use these things. You know, I, I Probably all you have to do is go to Owl Labs and look at their brag page to see who they say is using their technology. Uh, apparently, they say over 100,000 organizations worldwide are using these things. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. In fact, there's a place that I spend some time semi-regularly, which I'm not going to say what it is, Um that has something kind of similar to this. And the next time I'm there, I'm going to take a quick look and see if it is one of these or some other. I think there's a couple different brands that kind of do this stuff. Um, so, uh, but if it is one of these, I'm going to seriously recommend to their IT people that they get rid of it really, really quickly. Do you think it's another animal? Oh, Huh, I hadn't thought about that. What, like the, the meeting walrus? Uh, the meeting aardvark? Yeah, and I guess maybe the the lesson here is just because it looks like something else doesn't mean it's a good tool. No, I mean, you'd be better off having a real owl in the conference room and just using Zoom. Yeah, I mean, I have... I mean, if you need something cute. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a humidifier that looks like an elephant, but, you know... That probably doesn't have security vulnerabilities. It doesn't, I don't think. But, you know, just because it looks like an animal doesn't mean you need to have it. But So, Callie, I've got to ask you a question. Sure. How often do you acknowledge the elephant in the room? Oh, my gosh. At least, I don't, not all the time, just when I'm feeling ill. <laughs> that's how it is for all of us. Oh, that's a Does good... it stay in the trunk otherwise? It stays in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got you guys are on the ball today. <laughs> so that's that's we've great. been well trained. I know. I've I've been you know list. I've been like backseat podcasting for months now. I I know how trained you guys are. It's fantastic. Um. So so this story, I can imagine what what the hoodie rating will be. But you know, let's let's talk about it. And for those who are not familiar, our hoodie rating is uh, one out of 10 hoodies, hoodies being, you know, what we re what we view a, a hacker looking like wearing his hoodie with the hood up. Uh, and uh, sometimes we'll we'll do a goodie if it's a good story. But I, I would for sure say this this is uh, needing some hoodies. What would you say, Tim? You know, for anybody that has this, it is 10. It is 10 out of 10. And I don't say that very often, but I 100% I think that's the case for organizations that have it. Uh, for the world at large, you know, sometimes the way we calibrate these hoodie ratings is if it's something like it's Microsoft Office or something like that that is ubiquitous or an operating system that's pretty ubiquitous, then the hoodie rating is kind of based on like the societal impact. 
If Meeting Owl is in as many governments and so forth as they sort of lead us to believe, then that starts to rise to a societal potential impact level um, from my perspective. I really hope that like, I don't know, the feds, the executive branch, uh, the CIA, FBI, all the alphabet soup in DC, I hope they're not using these things or uh, certainly not now. I'm pretty sure that Jen Easterly would uh, uh, bring the hammer down if they were. Um, but anyway, my point is that 100,000 organizations worldwide, this kind of rises to having a level of societal impact also. So yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. For anybody using it, it's a 10. For the whole, for the rest of us, I'm going to say it's a nine right now. And I hope that's, that turns out to be a little bit high. So I guess overall, call it 9.5. We'll just split the difference there. Um, yeah, it's, this is a doozy. I, I was I was thinking it would be a 10 as well. Uh, what, what about you, Ian? What, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, since this story came out, I've just been having flashbacks of uh, setting up uh, video conferencing gear in sensitive uh, government contexts, which was always fun. I, I remember having to submit dozens of IP addresses for uh, InfoSec to allow list just so we could get one five to six digit video conferencing system to work. So, you know, it's definitely bringing back some trauma and uh, on that level and with the vulnerabilities involved, I'm going to say 9.9, just because that also looks, if you take a 9.9, it looks like a pair of owl eyes just staring at you from the darkness Perfect. And 9.9, like in terms of... Oh, that's of, really good. Yeah. And like in terms I'm seeing of what, those a, eyes. what a hoodie is, it's more like, might be more like a cardigan without the zipper. Yeah. I mean, that's almost all of a hoodie. I had half a hoodie in, on top of the nine there, and you know, left half, right half, upper half, lower half, just a hoodie full of giant, uh, giant holes like Swiss cheese so that only 50% of it is left. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, this will definitely be interesting to to stay on top of. I, I'll be really interested to see, you know, how the rest of this month shakes out and see what happens. Well, that story was a hoot. <laughs> Let's stay tuned uh, for our next story with more Breaking Badness. All right, well, we'll dive into our next story, which is Microsoft Word on the Street. So Microsoft has shared mitigation measures to block attacks exploiting a newly discovered Microsoft Office zero-day flaw abused in the wild to execute malicious code remotely. So Ian, this story uh, has been on our minds since last week. Uh, can you tell us a little more about the background and of what's going on with this bug and, and what does it do? Oh, it's been a week between this and uh, the Confluence uh, vulnerability. IT has been a dicey place. Um, this bug uses Microsoft Word functions to retrieve a remote HTML file. 
then uses an internal uh, diagnostic tool to execute code in the file with whatever rights the user has. Um, most people, when they set up uh, Windows, they just set up the one user and they uh, that user inherently has administrator rights. It's one of the reasons uh, when I set up uh, Windows machines that I always set up a second user and work off that because with this vulnerability, among many others, it executes code with whatever rights the current user has. Um, Hackerhouse's uh, Matthew Hickey took it a step further and found an exploitation route through MS Search as well as uh, the original vulnerability. And it bypassed Microsoft Defender and other endpoint detection software, uh, though Defender now has signatures for it. Uh, it also bypassed Office's protected view, which is kind of a big deal. Oh, boy. Yeah, that sounds like a big deal. Um, so, so in this article, it's mentioned that um, the vulnerability is jokingly called Felina, like that, and that's in quotes. Um, and I definitely had to look up why that's funny, which I think is kind of embarrassing for me. Um, but can you share a little uh, about that, why, why that's funny for, for other folks that might not know? So um, security pro Kevin Beaumont, he's Gossy the dog on Twitter and one of the best people to watch regarding Microsoft-related security matters. So our reference to the number 0438 in the initial uploaded sample and coined it uh, because 0438 is the zip code of Felina, Italy. Ciao I never would have uh, thought to look look up if that's a zip code or not. That's uh, that's pretty fun. So um, so was uh, Kevin Beaumont the one who had discovered the vulnerability? Uh, nope. Um, so uh, there's a slightly convoluted history here. Uh, the recent history is uh, May 27th, NowSec uh, out of Tokyo spotted an interesting upload to VirusTotal from a IP in Belarus. Uh, the upload was done in April. Um, and uh, Kevin Beaumont um, identified it off that. But the vulnerabilities involved were actually detailed in a thesis a few years ago by Benjamin Altpeter. No one really paid attention to it until someone looks to be possibly a Chinese APT group began using them to weaponize Word documents. Isn't that always the way that no one pays attention until something happens? It's, uh, it's rough that things work out that way. Um, but what, what are the workarounds available for this bug? Yeah, sometimes someone has to be cut by it before anybody pays attention, unfortunately. Um, we'll link the art, uh, some articles in the show notes, but you can disable the specific protocol that this abuses by fooling around with registry keys, uh, either manually or with a script. If you're not sure what you're doing, though, you want to contact an IT pro. You don't want to mess with registry keys yourself because you can quickly break things in big ways. It's no patch out yet, and it'll be interesting to see if Microsoft releases a patch out of band or waits until patch Tuesday, which thanks to uh, the calendar is the latest possible day this month, June 14th. Oh boy. So we, we still have some time to wait for that. Um, so currently this, this is only impacting Windows computers, correct? Or can it spread beyond Windows users? 
Um, so that's correct. It looks like it affects all Windows platforms, both PC and server. And um, as security re- researchers poke around it more in the coming weeks, we'll likely see things change and new routes of exploitation become available. But I haven't seen any spread towards Macs yet. It's important to keep in mind, though, that any vulnerability can serve as a pivot point. So let's say your work computer is a Mac, but your personal computer is a PC. If an attacker compromises your PC and establishes a beachhead there, it's a heck of a lot easier for them to then pivot from the PC to your work Mac on the same network and then into the corporate system. This is one of the places that corporate security often falls short for multiple reasons. Um, They fail to teach users that personal compromises can often lead to business ones. We only have visibility on your work devices for good reasons. Um, Privacy is important. But it's also important to stress how good security practices across your whole digital life are critical. Absolutely. I And I feel like we could do a whole other episode or whole other podcast about, uh, about that very topic. Um, but finally, um, the article ended with, um, so this is a bleeping computer article. And so it ended with reaching out to, with them reaching out to Microsoft asking, why it's not, they're not considering it a security risk. Um, And as of this recording, uh, Microsoft has yet to reply. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, Microsoft's security folks at the MSRC are often excellent and insightful, but no one's perfect. Um, It looks like the MSRC worker that investigated the initial report had trouble replicating the vulnerability and prematurely closed the issue. Uh, I can only imagine how overworked the MSRC is uh, trying to sort substantial security issues from the rest of the haystack that they get handed, but they definitely missed a big one here. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, you know, again, going into our hoodie ratings, uh, what what would you give this this story? I think both for for the initial vulnerability and the ways that. It's expanded since, like with Hacker House's MS search uh, exploitation route. I'd probably give it a solid seven. Okay, that's that's pretty substantial. How about you, Tim? Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll go with the same. Actually, I think that's um, it's it's kind of gnarly the workaround. I used to you know mess around with registry keys all the time, but that's not something that the average bear does uh, very often and, you know, imagine that trying to scale across organizations. I mean, that's just a nightmare. So yeah, there's a workaround, but it's not real great. Uh, This certainly seems like something that I would expect to be patched out of cycle. Um, But we may be looking at another, a little over a week from the time that we're recording this. So yeah, this is seven is, is substantial. And I think that's appropriate here. Perfect. I'm actually, I'm going to guess it gets patched out of band. Some indications came out this morning that um, another threat actor, uh, maybe the same threat actor, but a threat actor is uh, now using this exploit against local U.S. government uh, organizations. So my guess is that's going to up the uh, the seriousness of it the and urgency. get Microsoft to push it. Yeah. Boy, if yep. they patch it pretty quickly, then you know those uh, that actor's just going to be heading off to find all the meeting owls. Absolutely! Oh my gosh, that was, I was just going to say that. I mean, there's lots of roots in apparently. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, well, these were two uh, pretty intense uh, stories for this week. Uh, I don't think I've seen uh, anything above maybe a six in in the hoodie rankings for for a little bit, um, but I could be mistaken. Um, I'm sure faithful listeners um, would be able to correct me. But yeah, those were some doozies. Uh, so That's a closet full of hoodies right there. That is so many hoodies. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you as always, Tim. And thank you, Ian, for, for being um, a guest this week. So um, everybody, please stay tuned. And when we come back, we will uh, launch into our fun game of Two Truths and a Lie. Stay tuned. All right, we're back and we are going to play our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, And I believe uh, Kelsey was supposed to be um, up this week for Two Truths and a Lie. As we mentioned at the top of uh, the show, she is at RSA. So I I volunteered as tribute to be um, the 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 liar for for this game. So I uh, I hope that I am able to fool you all. Uh, so well, oh, go ahead, Tim. You know, we we uh, we hold you in the highest esteem, and we can't imagine you being a liar. And yet, you're quite clever. So, I'm I'm braced for a, a challenging one. I know. I I was nervous about this because you know I was you know brought up to not lie, and it actually makes me pretty uncomfortable to do so. So I'm a little bit nervous, but uh, it is a game. So hopefully. Um, I can I can trick you. So without further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna launch into my three uh, my three articles, and and you both uh, can can guess the lie. So one of these is or one of these is the lie, and then the two others are are the truth. So here we go. Okay, globally, over five billion has been lost to cryptocurrency scams. That's number one. Number two, Alphabet is taking over the dark web again. Number three, nearly three quarters of firms suffered downtime downtime from DNS attacks. That's number three. Let me know if you need me to repeat any. Mm, Those are good. Thank you. Everything there is plausible. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. All's going according to plan. And and you guys can't see my face, so I, that helps. <laughs> we don't have. I don't have an owl. In That's here. right. There. Yeah. So so if you have a tell, we don't know what it is. Hmm. I'm still wearing. Guess we'll just have to go on a wing and a prayer. I'm still <laughs> wearing sunglasses, though. You know, just for, just for credibility. Just for yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it puts you in that frame of mind. Yeah. The masquerade. I, I'm sort of torn between the DNS one and the Alpha Bay one, but really that probably means I'm wrong, and it's the the uh, crypto one. Um, what what were the what did you specifically say about the the DNS one? Three quarters of firms have been affected by DNS vulnerabilities or something like that. Uh, nearly three quarters of firms suffered downtime from DNS attacks. From DNS attacks, it's always DNS. I mean, we know that. 
We do know that. I'm going to I don't know. I actually I'm I'm ashamed of myself if if that's the true one and I didn't sort of have that stat at my fingertips then bad on me cuz I'm the it's always DNS guy. But something seems funky about the Alpha Bay one and so I'm going to go with that one and then I'm just going to hate myself if I'm wrong, but but put me down for that one. Sounds good. How about you? So I, I I think the DNS one is true because like you said it's all always DNS and I think we can classify them all as attacks if we just think of DNS as a, a sentient malevolent presence on the internet. So I'm going to say the DNS one is uh, is true and probably suffer for it later. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the crypto scam one is a lie because I think it's been more than $5 billion. I was kind of wondering about that myself too. But uh, yeah, well, what's the truth? The truth is that the cryptocurrency uh, story is the lie. So Ian Uh, wins. Well done, Ian. So, hey, I, I, I made up the points I lost for uh, Taylor last week. <laughs> so so the, the real story is, uh, so I said globally over $5 billion has been lost to cryptocurrency scams. But the real story is um, Americans report losing over $1 billion to uh, cryptocurrency scams. So, uh, so I just fudge the numbers and uh, the amount of people impacted. So to, to try to to try to trip y'all up. Uh, but uh, but I couldn't fool Ian over here. Well, you know, Americans are underreporting that, too, because it's embarrassing. Right. So so just like go ahead and double that, probably. T- Tim, she got you on a crypto scam about crypto scams. It's crypto scams all it's, the way down. Wow. It's, oh. That's very meta. Cryptoception. Well done. Thank you. This is my first time. You've just crushed it all, all around oh, in your you. uh, in your debut hosting here on Breaking Bad. Oh, I appreciate that. It's been I've been, you know, watching from the sidelines for a bit. So I'm very excited to to actually participate. And I actually and I got to play the game. So that's fun. Um, and yeah, I think um, I'm You'll see a little more of me, uh, maybe not weekly, but, um, you know, Kelsey also deserves time off. So I'll, I'll be back for sure. Um, and I know Ian will probably be back at times as well. I was just going to say, Ian, also so great to have you repeating here. Uh, it's always fun to be here. It's It's been a blast both times and I uh, appreciate the opportunity and the puns. For sure. Thank you so much, Ian. And um, so next week... Um, so, Tim, you're taking some time off, and you absolutely deserve it. Um, Kelsey will be back. Taylor uh, Wilkes-Pierce will also be back. Um, but and, but we will have, um, like I mentioned at the top of the hour, our um, our CISO, Daniel Schwabe, will be joining us. So, again, you'll have some fun, some fun uh, fresh faces. Well, you won't see their faces. Some voices to, to listen to. Um, so that's always great. Um, and again, everybody, um, remember that um, we are at RSA this week, so you can meet Kelsey in real life as well as Taylor and some other um, fine folks from from uh, Domain Tools, which is always fun and exciting. Uh, we're back. We're excited to be back on the road for sure. 
So, um, so again, thanks everybody for taking the time to listen to Breaking Badness, and we will catch you next week. So thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>